Hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Got lots to pack in this week, so we're going to get straight in there. Um, I vividly remember receiving a phone call back in the summer of uh, 2011 from Carol Evans, um, who alongside a, a friend, a colleague, James O. Jenkins, um, were going to, or were talking about founding the Portrait Salon uh, photographic competition, a, a salon de refuse um, to celebrate the images rejected from the Taylor Wessing Award. I will admit now that um, it, it, I was nervous and I, uh, about the idea and um, I passed on some of my concerns to Carol. Uh, my concerns were unfounded. Um, seven years on, the uh, competition is still existing, still in existence and still doing well. The reason for mentioning this uh, in this week's podcast is that um, they've just announced the, or they've just put out actually a blog post, um, Portrait Salon uh, 2018, crunching some numbers, catching some cheaters, in which they do exactly what I called for last week in last week's podcast, which is have become completely transparent about the competition uh, this year. Uh, the reasons for opening it up as a public um, uh, judging rather than the traditional selection of uh, well-known photographers or, as we discussed last week, people who seem only vaguely connected with the medium. Um, I really recommend checking this out. Um, they give the figures as to how many votes were cast and even the fact that one particular photographer decided to vote over a thousand times for his own image. Um, for me, this is what I've been asking for, I suppose, or suggesting, which is that transparency, which is let us know how did it work? How were the choices made? And instead of um, leaving it for other people to think about whether or not somebody did vote for themselves, put it out there, put out the numbers, put out the figures. And that's exactly um, what they've done. And so hats off to Portrait Salon um, with doing that. And also, I suppose, now that the, the gauntlet has been laid down for other competitions, to similarly um, demonstrate uh, transparency in the workings of the competition, um, the reasons for the judging. I'm, I'm not personally, in this, you know, from a personal perspective, I'm not sure whether public judging is the way to go. Um, with these things, but as as in all things, well, let's have a balance. Um, let's mix and match. Let's try new things. Let's not just stick to these tried and tested formulas. Um, interestingly enough, as a, a response to this, I, I kind of tweeted, you know, congratulations to the guys for putting it out there. And the fact that this is exactly what... Um, I'd kind of suggested last week. I had no idea, by the way, that they were about to do this. That's just one of those wonderful um, life uh, synchronicities that occurred. But in doing so, I received um, an email from or some tweets. I'm sorry, some tweets from somebody who's very well um, uh, recognised and experienced in the UK photographic industry, um, within publishing, within competition judging and so forth um, and they said this they said um, the problem is that in my experience the current UK photo world too many people 
are fearful of calling things out. Too much to lose. She says she has nothing to lose, but so much to gain from being as open and as honest um, as she can. And, and that's a life choice, too. Um, and I, I just thought, oh, goodness me, here we are again with this situation of um, perhaps a fear or a lack of willingness to uh, question decisions that are being made by the UK photo industry as a whole, with that fear that there are gatekeepers um, who are in control of uh, careers and who gets promoted and who doesn't. I suppose this has always been the case to some extent or, or other. I think the difference now is that through social media in particular, um, we now have the tools to challenge, to question. And we should, and, and we can, and we are. And certainly, as I've spoken about previously, if by asking a question that somebody else um, responds to, in a negative manner, in a threatening manner. I think that says more about them than it does about the person who's asking the question. This week, I've been reading uh, a really great book that I highly recommend. Um, I suppose over the years, if I'm ever asked which photographer do you are you most inspired by or do you enjoy the most, whatever that may be, um, I always come back to uh, Eugene Smith. And um, and therefore, I, I've read a lot about him over the, over the years. And certainly, Jim Hughes's uh, biography of Eugene Smith was was the masterwork for a long time. A book that came out in the nineteen eighties. Um, so, Fred Hughes' book, oh, sorry, Jim Hughes' book was was a great book. Um, this new book, Gene Smith's Sink, a wide angle view, written by Sam Stevenson. Um, Sam Stevenson spent twenty years exploring and researching Eugene Smith. Um, this new book is a much uh, easier read than the original biography, the Hughes biography, um, and it gives a fantastic insight into, I suppose, the eccentricities of uh, Gene Smith's work. And in a week where it's been announced that uh, um, Johnny Depp is going to play the role of Gene Smith, um, not sure where I stand with that in an upcoming feature film. Maybe it's time for Gene Smith's work to be reassessed and reconsidered. Um, but one of the things that came out of my reading the book that really struck me is a little piece of information, a letter that Stevenson found. In, it's a letter from uh, Eugene Smith when Smith was um, 36 years of age and absolutely at the peak of his kind of powers in the early 1950s. And it's a letter he wrote to John G. Morris, who at the time was the executive editor at Magnum Photos in New York. And in that letter, Smith um, outlines 73 ideas he has for photo, essay, for photo essays. And it really is a very, very broad uh, range of ideas. What that kind of made me think about was today was that Smith was seeing this very much as photo essays to appear in the photo magazines of the time in Life magazine or Look magazine, so forth. Of course, today, where we'd um, perhaps see that work appearing would be within the, the photo book um, and invariably the self-published photo book. And that, again, links to something else that I... Um, 
I saw earlier in the week, which was a comment by a UK book publisher um, concerning book reviews and the importance of book reviews um, to the photographer and to the selling of the book. Again, it made me think, well, are book reviews really important? Um, there is no doubt that a book review in a, a major national newspaper will bring the work um, to an audience outside of the photographic community or the traditional photo book collecting community. Um, and that can be a good thing and that can, that can obviously help sales. However, I think where we really are now is that the, the photo book review of today, of 2018, is actually the, the photo book competition, which kind of brings us back to where I started this podcast. There is no shortage of photo book competitions. They are uh, for dummy books, first books, traditional books, uh, books published by traditional publishers. There are some of these competitions that are just starting out and others which are very well established. And perhaps the winning of such competitions or being placed in such competitions or having the work exhibited as a result of success within these competitions uh, is the new review, is the, is the, is the new five-star rating. Also then made me think, well, perhaps these uh, photo book competitions need to also engage with this idea of the new community and this new transparency, which I really think and really hope um, it's very important to allow these competitions to continue to grow and to develop as the medium develops, as the ability of photographers to comment on uh, competitions um, also develops because they are going to be que questioned as to what is one and why it is one. So maybe there's a little kind of pulling together there of strands from kind of various places, um, which actually all come out at the same point. And that point is that what we're looking for now is a new approach from photographic competitions, um, from the, and the a new understanding of where photo book uh, publishing is, which is appropriate to where we are as photographers, where the medium is, and where we are now as a photographic community. No longer willing, perhaps, to only be spoken at, but wanting or needing to be spoken with. When I started this podcast, my intention was to introduce not only photographers to the um, our regular uh, what does photography mean to you, but also people engaged with the medium. And it's great that we've had some photo editors and uh, curators, but we haven't had as many as um, I really wanted, to be honest with you. And I've, I have asked um, quite a few people, but the general response has been that, well, actually, maybe photography isn't as central to what I do um, as you probably think it is, or perhaps you want it to be, which in itself perhaps, is a comment. There's certainly one person um, to whom photography is intrinsic to their work and to their lives, and that's a curator, Helen Trompetelier. And this week, I'm really pleased to welcome her to the podcast. Hello. 
My name's Helen. I'm a curator of photography based in London. Photography has always been a central part of my life. I first discovered photography through my father's books and family trips to galleries and exhibitions as a teenager. And I still vividly remember those first formative exhibitions. Richard Avedon, August Sander, Eve Arnold at the MPG, Bill Brandt at the Barbican, American Photography at the V&A. It was these exhibitions that were my founding visual education and suddenly I felt that my eyes and horizons were opened up to the world. Photography has been the passion and central focus of my professional life for over 15 years now and this relationship is constantly evolving, which makes Grant's question a difficult challenge to answer. As a curator, I've been responsible for the care and preservation of historic and contemporary collections and the physical process and craft of photography is integral to what photography means to me. It's this endless fascination to examine the physicality of every form of photographic object, whether this is holding an early daguerreotype in the right way until the image becomes most visible, or the reverse of press prints and what every stamp, crease or annotation might tell us, through to the multitude of forms, surfaces and media utilised by contemporary practitioners. Every physical attribute or identifier of a photograph tells me about its life as an object, how it has been made, used and interacted with over time. And it's these tangible signifiers of human presence, creativity and experience that I find very special. No art form exists in a vacuum, and therefore I'm always interested in photography's relationship with other art forms, especially cinema, which shares such a rich and intertwined history with photography. And working on this year's Photo 50 exhibition was driven by this desire to investigate the ever-shifting definitions of photography and how the photographic image can be a catalyst for interdisciplinary collaboration or communication. My pursuit of knowledge on the history of photography is not static. It completely informs my thinking and appreciation of contemporary work. And this constant symbiotic dialogue between past and present is fundamental to my personal relationship with photography. Looking back over my career so far, a lot of my previous exhibitions or projects have tried to address and advocate for figures who I felt were overlooked or underappreciated, such as those on Format Photographers or Michael Pito, for example. And for several years, I have been most passionate about shifts in contemporary interrogations of the photographic archive, which encourage dialogue and debate on contemporary concerns and explore issues of representation. I think a lot about my wider responsibilities as a curator and how my role can have meaning. I strongly believe in the societal role of photography and this informs various aspects of my work, including my ongoing support of Four Corners as a board member and my current participation in the Museums Association Transformers programme, which is encouraging new thinking on how museums and collections can affect social change. However my work evolves in the future, I know that photography will always be an anchor in my life. For me, photography is an open-ended invitation to continually challenge my understandings of society and photography's role within it. Photography inspires my curiosity and an endless thirst for knowledge, and on a much more emotional level, it provides meaning and joy to my daily life. Taking photographs is how I look, record and remember such as in recent years experimenting with Polaroid while travelling across America with my wife and embracing each fluctuation in film as a memory of the changing seasons. For me, the act of photographing calms me in a way that very little else does. 
It forces me to slow down in an often frenetic world, take in and appreciate every shape, colour, texture and detail. And it's those abstract and often elusive qualities of everyday life shared with loved ones, which I hope I never take for granted. Thank you, Helen. Uh, the week coming up um, certainly looks like being a busy one. Uh, I'm going to be, um, the Friday evening, I'm going to be at the Arnold Feeney in uh, Bristol, where I will be hosting the uh, question and answer session uh, around the uh, launch uh, of, it's like kind of roadshow launch, really, of the very important book, Invisible Britain, Portraits of Hope and Resilience, a, a compilation of portrait photography of the people who are too often forgotten um, as being important within photography and within our society. And when I mean within photography, I mean as a collaborative um, members of the photographic um, process uh, outside of the, um, the glossy world of um, celebrity. So really looking forward to that uh, and the end of next week. And also I'll be uh, joining a um, panel discussion at the uh, SPE, Society for Photographers in Education, um, Southwest of America in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, after the uh, first American screening um, of the film uh, Do Not Bend, uh, the Bill J project, which has obviously cropped up in a number of the previous podcasts. Um, so that's where it is from a work perspective. Just leaves me to say thank you very much to all of the people who uh, sort of offered their kind comments and good wishes towards the situation with my father this week. Um, just to let you know that it was a five-hour operation that went extremely well, and he's currently recuperating from that uh, operation and doing well. As always, the photographic life, our photographic life, is not just about photography. And um, I hope that you're seeing that this podcast also covers a number of areas outside of the lifting of a camera. Uh, as always, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please let others know. Um, we're on uh, iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, we're on the website www.unitednationsofphotography.com. Um, that's it, really. It's been a busy week. I think it's going to be a busy one next week. So I'll see you for next week's podcast. And just in the meantime, take care. Mm -hmm.